Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Let's get this out of the way right now. Melanie is technically a two-hit wonder and an influential singer-songwriter powerhouse whose songs have been covered by some of the most beloved artists in music history. Despite all that, the average Joe, aka all of us on this podcast, only know Brand New Key, the unintentionally sexual song that made a huge impression on many of us thanks to its association with a certain movie character on roller skates. This week, we couldn't avoid our guest Matt Jurcevich any longer, who has been riding his bicycle past our window just begging to come on and talk about Melanie. One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder Juris, welcome back to the show. It's hey. always a good time having you on the show. Hey. And I love the song you brought today. We're not even going to beat around the bush uh, no pun intended, because this song, the first time I ever heard this song. Now, interesting question. Did you know this song before Boogie Nights? I did hear this wow. song before Boogie Nights. Uh, I can't tell you where, but I did know of it before Boogie Nights. Okay. But Same. it certainly um, elevated it oh, after yeah. I watched Boogie Nights. Yeah, yes. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Same situation here. Uh, yeah. Amazing scene. I mean, I grew up in the 90s. I loved Heather Graham. And, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden, Heather Graham is naked to this song. And, and did that I'm make sure, you angry? Or? No, no, it did not. How dare she? <laughs> no. She I, sullied this beautiful song. <laughs> oh, that beautiful woman ruined this song. <laughs> I, I just, it made me love this song. Oh, uh, yes, yes. And, I was but, just and it's yeah. funny, too, because I wonder, I think I would have liked this song no matter what, but that just made me, you know, from a very young age, 
love this song. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. It's in my top three favorite movies oh, yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, that scene is associated with it. And I also wonder now, Melanie claims that the song wasn't intended to be like sexual innuendo or whatever, but it just seems so obvious. Well, right? I, yeah. She, I, I understand what she's saying. Cause she's like, she's not saying all she's saying is that that wasn't the intention, but she also says, I wrote this thing in like 15 minutes mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm looking like think I think the exact same quote, what direct quote was something along the lines of, I mean, in retrospect, lock and key are pretty Freudian. <laughs> like, like I think she's, she's like, I'm not going to shame anybody for seeing a sexual innuendo in this song because yeah, it's there. Yeah. It just wasn't there intentionally. Well, right. yeah. I mean, I think she said something about she entered a screen, a stream of consciousness yeah. where this song was and just. Well, came she was out. in the middle of a fast, too. She said she'd yeah. been fasting for a couple of days when oh. she wrote it. Right. Whoa, interesting. So, uh, yeah, she was on a 27 day water fast. Yeah. That, Whoa. And didn't eat food, apparently. For 27 days? Yeah, I, people I, do yeah. that shit. I guess so. As long as you got water in you, you can survive yeah, a pretty long ass time. Three days without water, I think what, that's about it. You're six done. weeks without food. Two yeah. months, maybe if you're yeah. Wow. Without food, but yeah, water's the one where you can't. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that about this song. Also, a thing that I always think about it, and maybe you guys are going to be able to clarify this for me. I, I rarely look into lyrics. I brought this up on several. I don't know, Jers, are you a lyric guy? Would you like, when you hear a song, you like, do you like really think about the lyrics, look them up, try to figure out what the song means? Or are you more like me where it's just like, this sounds cool. You know what? I wish I was one of those lyric guys and Uh everything, but I just like the feel and sound of the song. But I have gotten into the lyrics since I started doing these episodes of One Hit Thunder. Okay. (laughs) Well, what I wanted to ask about the lyrics of this song is what I didn't know was do rollers i thought a a roller skating key was like a thing like a drum key or Uh whatever like i was like i got a brand new pair of roller skates you got a brand new key Uh i think we should get together meaning i thought a key was something that went on a roller skate i i I don't know well uh the the old school roller skates. Now I didn't know this before, but mm-hmm. uh, the old school roller skates needed to be tightened with a key. Oh, well, okay, so, there you go. Well, because yeah. here, let me show you a picture. We're talking about these type of vintage roller skates, where it's just a strap across oh, a wow. piece of metal. It's almost like a like a skateboard on your foot. Right. So you okay. have to have a specific key to tighten it to the right level there of your go. foot. Uh-huh. There and we then, go. And then with the invention of sports shoes, then uh-huh. then those went away. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you just I guess you just strap those to your shoes and then tighten it up with a key. Well, then I think it started to get to you would just buy a shoe in your foot size yeah. <laughs> where you'd say, oh, get a, a roller skate and a 12. Yeah. And it was going to fit your foot mostly. But what? Why didn't she get a key? What? Why does this guy have the key yeah, for you her think roller that would come skates? Come with a brand new pair of roller skates. So, I mean, that's. <laughs> uh, she may have not meant at first, but everything in this song is, is seems like a sexual innuendo to me. But not only the sexual stuff, also the stalker stuff in it <laughs> uh-huh i mean oh, do, yeah the opening verse that? yeah yeah what, what is the opening i rode my bicycle past your window last night i roller skate it by your door at daylight it almost seems like you're avoiding me i'm okay alone but you've got something i need so two days uh-huh she's rides her bike by at night yeah and then she comes back the next day on her roller skates check it <laughs> out again 
Nice. <laughs> and she's like, you're, you're trying to avoid me. Right. But the guy's just hanging out in his house. Uh-huh. You know, she's going by. There's no cell phones back then. You know, she could have tried to call him at his house. You know, the the sexual innuendo thing back to that yeah, yes, a, yes, a yes, little yes. bit yeah. um is also it, it kind of makes me it, well what you're saying kind of sounds like on wayne's world there's that girl that likes wayne and is always chasing wayne around yeah, yeah. you know uh-huh. you know uh who like wrecks the bike and breaks her neck or whatever <laughs> uh but the sexual stuff isn't just the lock and key which is pretty on the nose i kind of feel like it's also the the way the song sounds and the way she sings that's like real sexy or something. Yeah. So or I thought teasing that, yeah. Kinda, yeah. I thought yeah. that too until again she said in that same thing when she wrote the song, she said it felt when she wrote it, she felt like she had written a cute song that felt like something from the fifties. Yeah. Like almost think of it as like we were talking about like the ringmaster voice on a different thing. Like the, I got a brand new pair of roller skates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds a little bit like, um, oh, it, even earlier than the 50s, like the 30s, 30s or, or something. 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Boom, 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 yeah. Yeah. Boom, boom. yeah. It, it'd be playing at like a barbershop or <laughs> yeah. like uh-huh. a, a yeah. toy store or something. Yeah. And, and uh, it, <laughs> Those are the two places. Those are the two venues <laughs> the back only in two the 40s. places that exist. Barbershops and toy stores. <laughs> Maybe a saloon. <laughs> Maybe a saloon. <laughs> Saloons uh, might have been on their way out by then. But picture this. I don't know if this is just the Boogie Nights coming back, but like it also kind of sounds like, I don't know if there were strip clubs, but maybe they were like women showed their knees in some, <laughs> some sort of club. And like, this is the kind of music that'd be playing. Yeah. Like, you're thinking of literally the song, The Stripper, which is the... <laughs> like it's got that 30s Sure. Yeah, so the old school giant skirt exotic dancing yeah. where, you, where you showed a big black sock and then your kneecap, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then quickly, right. quickly throw it back down. Everybody's like, whoo. Something, something about the sound of this song puts me in that mind. Yeah. So let me ask you guys a question. First of all, I am going to call Juris out on a slight... We, we kind of threw together a Melanie episode. Okay. Because originally... It was Joni Mitchell. Oh, yes. <laughs> based on a clerical error. Yes. And then looking into it, I'm like, Joni Mitchell is so far from a one-hit wonder. Yeah. What were we thinking? I'm bad at Googling. So. Yeah. But <laughs> we jumped to, to Melanie, who, for the sake of this podcast, we're going to say is a one-hit wonder. Technically a two-hit wonder. Okay. She had two top ten hits. Her second one was a song called Lay Down, Candles in the Rain. That song was before this, though. Before right? this one. Right. Okay. Um, but did you guys do research on Melanie's life before this song? I did not. Okay, let me teach you about this because wild. All right. Okay. So when her classmates accused her of being a beatnik, she ran away from New Jersey to California for a year before she eventually moved back to Red Bank, New Jersey. So she lives in Kevin Smith's area. Okay. Um, When she graduated, she graduated in 1964, but she was banned from attending her commencement ceremony because she had an overdue library book, which is so 1964. I find that delightful. (laughs) Uh, her parents made her go to college in New York, uh, so she did, but she began going out to clubs in the Greenwich Village and playing shows, and that's where she caught the attention of Columbia Records. She actually was super successful right away in Europe, so she started traveling to Europe a whole bunch. Wow. She was one of only three women soloists to perform at Woodstock, and that's what that Lay Me Down Candles in the Rain song is about. Wow. It was inspired Ooh. by looking at all the people holding candles, matches, and lighters out during her set. 
I didn't realize she played at Woodstock. And that yeah. song, if you haven't heard that, I don't know if you heard that song, Jerry. I haven't. No. It's so it sounds so Woodstock. Yeah. It is like <laughs> it sounds I compared it to a way less theatrical thing, but you know how like the quality of this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, like all the yeah. the background vocals are like that choir sounding yeah. thing. Uh-huh. It's like a song like very full and robust, yeah, yeah. brassy sound. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that sound of like hippies. This was the thing that made me go, God damn, Melanie is cool. I had never even heard of this, so I'm going to do a lot of reading in a second. But she was the only artist to ignore the court injunction banning the Powder Ridge Rock Festival from taking place and showed up with a homemade stage that she powered with a Mr. Frosty truck to perform for the audience. <laughs> what? what oh, why, why was this thing not happening so here's where we go they hated i <laughs> had no clue about this shit so the powder ridge music festival is an infamous music festival that happened in connecticut uh it was shortly it was supposed to be the woodstock of the 70s okay and because of woodstock public opinion was that any concert music festival was just going to be hippies and debauchery and drugs mm-hmm. so they banned it from happening listen to the lineup oh. that was promised for this three-day festival uh by the way uh, the tickets were sold through the mail at a price of $20. Uh, so day one, you would have gotten Sly the Family Stone, Fleetwood Mac, Melanie, Mountain, and James Taylor. Day two would have been Joe Cocker, the Almond Brothers, Little Richard, Van Morrison, uh, Jethro Tall, and a couple other artists. My God. And day three would have been Janis Joplin, Chuck Berry, uh, Grand Funk Railroad, and Spirit, uh, who was the only other one I noticed, but... Um, is there anybody besides spirits that isn't in the rock and roll hall of fame from that? (laughs) Seriously. So the lawsuit happened, but despite the fact what made this so infamous, because a ton of festivals shut down, it was something like, uh, it said 30 of the 48 planned major festivals in 1970 were canceled due to the public opinion of music festivals with this particular show though. Despite the fact that they posted signs that said the festival is canceled, turn around. Uh, where was the number? 30,000 people showed up to the site that weekend wow. anyway. Um, most of the musicians did not show up. Only Melanie and a couple random local bands decided to perform during the three-day weekend. The other big thing about this was that all of their fears came true about this thing. Um <laughs> Drugs were openly sold and commonly consumed in the festival. Okay. The rock doctor. <laughs> well, here, the rock doctor, William Abrizi, who is also at Woodstock, was there to treat people who were having bad LSD trips and said that there were more bad trips at Powder Ridge per capita than any other music festival in the history of his well, career. And this was because he attributed the problems to barrels of electric water that were available for public consumption and people were invited to drop donations of any drugs they wanted into the barrels, creating a drug cocktail of unknown strength and comp- wow. composition. Wow. <laughs> but also, you got to figure if most of the ba- 30,000 people were there and most of the acts dropped off, yeah. what, you know, if the music was going to be, 
even a little bit of a distraction from constantly doing drugs. Like that's the only thing to do is drugs. Like that's the, that's all the entertainment other than Melanie playing in an ice cream truck for, for an hour. Like that's it. And some local bands. Yes. That's and it. That doctor's like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah. Oh, I, sorry. I missed this. Also, according to his autobiography, uh, autobiography nothing sacred comedian lewis black claims that he had actually attended the festival with wow. some of his friends mm-hmm. he explained in depth that his activities that weekend included lots of drug experimentation failing at his appoint appointed job as the park attendant <laughs> and the downturn of the concert took after a fiery speech from a black panther militia group con- conjoined which happened to coincide with a thunderstorm. Black theorizes that under the effects of hallucinogens, many attendants probably thought that the Black Panther was actually causing the storm. <laughs> <laughs> they had a warlock. Nice. That's, a, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, but the Woodstock, I heard she wasn't even supposed to play Woodstock. I feel like a lot of people weren't supposed thing. to play Woodstock. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, yeah. there are people who showed up. There are people who didn't show up. Uh-huh. Um I know the Grateful Dead specifically, like, I think we learned this on our episode, infamously hate it, they're said at Woodstock, because mm. they were they were having a little too much fun before they went on stage mm-hmm. and said it was one of the absolute worst performances in the Dead history. I'm always <laughs> just shocked that the Woodstock lineup is... Kind of underwhelming? Yeah, it's like not stacked <laughs> as far as like, you know, the biggest acts you think of fr- from yeah. that era. It's not like the Beatles were playing at Woodstock or something. Yeah. It was like a lot of... You're not a big Richie Havens fan? Yeah, like it was country, <laughs> country Joe. Yeah, like, you know, country like Joe and the Fish. Yeah. yeah. Hey, like, he came back for 94. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> yeah. True. I mean, I'm just saying 94 was way better than... 60. 94, <laughs> look, we... The we Nine Inch Nails play in 69? <laughs> I don't think Nine Inch Nails played, and I also don't think Rage Against the Machine played oh, in 69. Okay. All right. That was Lip <laughs> or Bi- Cypress Hill. That was Lip Biscuit. Okay, yeah. Uh, that, you're thinking 99. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. 99. Right. I, I think my, my rankings are 94, 69, 99. I think that's, I think that's pretty that's Pretty fair. Good. Yeah. That's fair, right? I mean, there might be some baby boomers that disagree with you on that, yeah. but yeah. it was probably more about the atmosphere and what it was. I, about the weather than, was than bad. Jimi Hendrix. The weather know? was bad. Yeah. I think honestly, I think that when you look at the list of artists who either declined to play Woodstock or failed to get to Woodstock because mm-hmm. of whatever issues, is way more of what you want Woodstock to be. <laughs> like the Beatles were were supposed to play really, but they were recording Abbey Road and basically about to break up. So they were like, "Yeah, we can't do it." Um, but we John, all hate each other. John Lennon. John Lennon did offer to bring the Plastic Ono band out. They were like, "No, we're good. We're good. No, 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 no. It's cool. It's cool." Yeah. Jeff Buck. Jeff. The Jeff Buck. Uh, or sorry, Jeff Beck band was supposed to be there. They didn't show up. The Birds were supposed to be there. Chicago was supposed to play there, which is crazy thing that Chicago was around in time for Woodstock. Yeah. Yeah. But I always think of them as a '70s band. The Doors were supposed to be there, but they canceled last minute. Bob Dylan lived in Woodstock, but never made it there to perform. <laughs> Wow. Um, he the, lived in Woodstock. Yeah, the the guest who was invited and said no, Iron Butterfly was invited to play and it was even listed on the poster, but couldn't before, perform because they were stuck at LaGuardia Airport. Wow. Um, Tommy Janes and the Shandells oh. uh, said that they were invited, but had to decline. Jethro Tall, Led Zeppelin, wow. Joni Mitchell, the Moody Blues, Protocol Heaven, the Rascals, the Rolling Stones, Simon and Garfunkel, Spirit once again. <laughs> And uh, the Strawberry Alarm Clock, who we'll probably do one of these days on the podcast, and uh, Frank Zeppa and the Mothers of Invention all mm. oh. 
Frank Zappa. See, I, I think I would. I don't think of Frank Zappa being around in 1969. That would have been a, a wild one at Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. he he was. He, yeah, he, he formed came in from the mid, mid 60s. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. I think of him and as the mothers so, and the mothers of invention. Yeah. I always but, think of uh, him as so. That 70s. would have been a trippy yeah. set. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Do you guys? I I said their name and that we would do an episode on. But do you are you familiar with whose Strawberry Alarm Clock is? No. No. But They're the. Incense and peppermints, Ben. Incense, Incense and peppermints. Na 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 na. Everybody says na 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 na. No one knows what the actual <laughs> words are to that song. I, I but it is when you think of a scene in a movie where someone's tripping on some good drugs and like oh, a song's playing, yeah. they are like yeah. they are the LSD band. Well, Strawberry <laughs> Alarm Clock is the most perfect name for an LSD LSD band I've ever heard in my life. Well, um, the other LSD, you mentioned them already. Then uh, Iron Butterfly. Then they do Inagata Davida. Inagata Davida, baby. One day we'll do all 18 <laughs> minutes of that fucking song on this podcast. Is that a hit? I'll do that next. It time. is a hit. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Wow. What's up, everyone? It's Joe, and I'm the host of That's Awesome with Joe, a podcast on the newly formed Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. I talk with tons of your favorite artists, managers, touring personnel, and more. Most of the time we talk about music, but lots of the time we end up talking about something completely unrelated. We laugh a lot. We do a lot of really stupid things, but also some things that are really informative and interesting. Basically, it's a podcast that I think you should listen to. Obviously, I'm biased because it's my podcast, but I think I might be into it if I wasn't the host. Check it out at SoundTalentMedia.com. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Hey, one hit thunders, thunderheads, thunder buns. All right. I'll just go with One Hit Thunder listeners. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song that they have written. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites such as Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurwitz, up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu, and even some of the artists that have been featured on One Hit Thunder. The show is even produced by One Hit Thunder host Chris Fafalius. What more could you possibly ask for? Krista Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. I guarantee you'll like it. 
or we'll give you your money back. Okay, we we really got off of Melanie there. <laughs> uh, I will say that Matt and I last night went on a Melanie deep dive on YouTube, All right. and we watched her perform live several times. She's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's yep. really she's a great guitarist. She's a great live singer. Um, Did she, you see her? Uh, in the younger days yes. or in the 2010s or I no, watched a couple you oh. know different different things you saw yeah. recent performances by her yeah I think it was like 2016 oh yeah. wow she's a cool looking senior citizen man she still looks she still looks good yeah nice uh-huh. yeah I mean she she was great when she was younger apparently Miley Cyrus is a big fan and covers she did a an lot entire, of her songs an entire set of her songs or something yeah. or like three songs in a row yeah at some point I like the I like the uh, cover of this song by the Dolly Rots. Oh, you ever, you ever we watched that, that last we night. We did watch that. That would be great for a um, roller derby team yeah. to come out to. Yeah, yeah. this mm-hmm. song has been covered by quite a few people. Uh, mm-hmm. Macy Gray, Dolly Parton, and Cher have all covered Dolly Brand Parton New Key. did? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Rasputina covered it one time. Uh, <laughs> Todd Rudgelin. Uh, Rugland. Rug, oh my god! <laughs> oh man, Matt. The, the drinking game of Matt pro- mispronouncing artists. Pe- some people are so drunk right oh, now. Oh, they're being destroyed just, by this. Just, just you going through the Woodstock lineup. People are fucking smashed. smashed right yeah. Um, also, also covering brand new key included Olivia Newton-John. Oh, uh, nice. And as you knew today, the Wiggles. The Wiggles. Ah, yes, of course, the Wiggles. <laughs> the Wiggles got around I think Dolly one. would match the motif of that song. I think Dolly best. would do a great yeah. version of this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Crush it. But yeah. the song that Miley Cyrus played a lot, and we looked it up, was What Have You Done to My Song, Ma? Uh-huh. Which has been covered by a shit ton of people as well. The amount... So if you go on Melanie's page, there is a whole section <clears throat> of notable cover versions of her songs that had to be broken into different categories for each song. And you can see as I'm scrolling past, there's like full paragraphs on some of these it, songs. I guess Melanie for, we're calling her a one hit wonder, but apparently she was very influential. And I think part of that could be that she was just like a badass female who wrote her songs and mm-hmm. played awesome and had a, a unique, cool, raspy voice. Uh-huh. Uh, and meek at the same time. But, yeah. But, but in some parts, got a little powerful sound. Yeah. You know, it's very dynamic. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what I like about it. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And and obviously very influential on people. I think that's, that's pretty awesome. And, hey, I, Matt told me this last night, and it blew my mind. This song... It's a number one song. Yeah. It went to number one. Yeah. Like For two weeks. Uh-huh. That's no joke. You know what song took it down? Hmm. American Pie by Don McLean. Wow. <laughs> All right. If you're going to get taken out, might what as well the, be that. Yeah. What else was going on there? I mean, I imagine this is 1972. Is that right? This is 1972, which should strike a memory in you because we already talked about 1972 once before on what song briefly hit number one. Oh, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. Brandy. Was, was that a number one? That was a number one along with Alone Again Naturally. That was also covered by the Dolly Rods. Wow. <laughs> and Harmar Superstar. Yeah. You, you know that song, Alone Again Naturally? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. And this there was the go. one where, uh, to remind you, because for all we know, it's been months since people heard that PJ episode. The number one song of 1972 was The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face by Roberta Flack. Okay, mm. which I, I I probably know it to hear it. Right. Yeah. But but I got to say that we always talk about 1994 being this amazing year for music. Mm. We, we kind of think that's the best year for music. Mm. But 1972, if you're telling me that Brand New Key, 
Brandy, you're a fine girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilbert O'Sullivan, alone again, naturally. Here, I'll read some more of the number ones. Al Green's Let's Stay Together. Oh, oh man. Yikes. Nielsen, Without You. Wow. Neil Young, Heart of Gold. Nice. Okay. America, Horse with No Name. I love that Who song. I thought is Neil Young. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr.'s The Candyman. Sammy. Oh, The Candyman yeah. from Willy Wonka. <laughs> Bill Withersons, Lean Withers. On Me. Just Bill Withers. Sorry, but Bill yes. Withers, Lean On Me. Uh, Michael Jackson with Ben. <laughs> Uh, ben. It starts yeah. to starts to peter out towards the end. We get a uh, Chuck Berry's "My Dingling" for two weeks was the number one song. <laughs> John, Johnny Nash's "I Can See Clearly Now." Okay, uh, that's a lot of. He's still going. Yeah. Wow. Temptation. Papa was a Rolling Stone. That's Papa a good one. Russell, and yeah. uh, let's see, Helen Reddy. "I Am Woman," which I think is the "I Am Woman." Hear me roar yeah, song. Right. And then the last number one song of 1972 was Billy Paul with "Me and." Mrs. Jones. Wow. That is a stacked year. It is. There's a lot of really great songs that I love. It's something about 1972, post-Woodstock, post early 70s that, man, oh, man, that's great. That was, I, you kept blowing my mind when you said Nielsen was in there. Yeah. And, oh, and wow. what a, I mean, I think we've talked about, we always say, like, in the grand screen, scheme of, like, some of the best recorded songs of all, like, Without You by yeah. Nielsen is oh. like top 20 song recordings yeah. mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yes. Incredible. Those notes that he's hitting, which I think I've said before, I'm pretty sure I've read is all one take. Yeah, I believe he it. He just showed up in the studio. They hit record. I'm sure they did some like backup vocals later, but Phenomenal. the lead vocal was a single take for him. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, as far as, you know, that week that Melanie was number one, though, do, you, do we know any of the other that, that were in that chart? Uh, I can confirm shortly if you need. Yeah. <laughs> you Just can... give me a second. I got to Google it. Oh, so, <laughs> sorry. I usually have that on hand. No. I usually do. I sometimes don't. If it's a number one song, I'm just like, here's some of the other number, number one songs that were around it. Well, if he's looking that up, we could talk about how she didn't like the song at first. Really? Yeah. Because she she wanted it to like sound like Bayou Cajun-y. Okay. And then her, I guess her husband was the engineer for it, produced it. Uh-huh. And then after she recorded it, she went away and then he did stuff to it and added the who, ha who, and oh. all that, and all that stuff to it. They, all, none of that stuff was in there. And, and she came back and was like, what is all this stuff? <laughs> She's like, this sounds dumb. And she was like, she was, what did she say? She was like, I, I, she was like, I'm not going to be taken seriously. Uh, I but, love that. Yeah. Stuff that's what I'm it. saying. And he did, he did the right thing. But yeah, at first she was, she was like, eh, I don't know about that. She married the right guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she marry marry a good engineer. Yeah. If, if you're a musician <laughs> out there that, or I mean, that that's yeah. actually production there. Yeah. That's, producer yeah that's yeah, yeah that's uh-huh. that's great that's a good call it's looking like a pretty impressive uh unimpressive top 10 so oh, yeah. We'll, just, oh, yeah. we'll just keep moving i do not know the only song that i even sort of knew in the top 10 was family affair by slide and the family stone okay. everything else i was like i've never even there's like a michael jackson song i've never heard of huh got to be there oh yeah yeah right. i know got to be there mm-hmm I don't um, remember that one. I don't know. I don't know ben, pre off the wall song. Michael Jackson solo songs very well. Yeah, <laughs> you said Ben. That's a bomber song. Yeah, right? yeah. No, that's thanks. the one from the movie Ben. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. About a killer rat. Yeah, about a oh, rat. Also, yeah. also on here, and I prefer the Paul Williams version better. So that's probably why I forgot it was on here. Was a uh, Three Dog Nights version of Old Fashioned Love Song. 
Okay. Just it's an old, old fashioned, fashioned love song. Playing on the radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. You uh, swear you heard it before as it slowly rambles <laughs> on and on. Another Boogie Nights band. They're all they're all over oh, that yeah. movie, Three Dog Night. Yeah. Three Dog Night is a weird band because if you do any research on them, you're like, oh, they were just a glorified cover band. They did <laughs> there is not a single song in their entire career that they wrote. No. Nah. All their songs are written by someone else. Nielsen S- wrote one. <laughs> Sneaky <laughs> bastards. Like, Nielsen wrote one. Who wrote uh, uh, Joy to the World, I wonder? Let me see. I'm pretty sure God. I looked into this the one time, <laughs> and I was like, man, there is not a single song that they fucking wrote in this Joy band. to the World. Uh, it's a cover oh, of a song by Hoyt Axton, a singer-songwriter oh, yeah, from the Hoyt 60s. Axton. Yeah, I got, I got Hoyt's later yeah. stuff. I yeah. celebrate Hoyt's entire catalog. Hoyt. <laughs> who, who, who picks up a baby and looks at that baby the first time and goes, meet Hoyt. Yeah. That's Hoyt. I mean, that's Hoyt. You know what? I'm, listen, we're trusting my pronunciation of things, so oh, let's yeah. just clarify. I think I'm right here. H O Y T. Yes, that's Hoyt. Yeah. You did a good job. <laughs> that's Hoyt. That's definitely. There's no, no other pronunciation. Nobody oh. took a sip for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say what is this? Among his best known songs is "Joy to the World" and the "No No" song, <laughs> the aka no-no. the Ringo Starr song. You know that one? The "No No 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 I Don't Smoke It No More." Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Start yeah. waking up on the floor. My okay. man Hoyt wrote that. Yeah. All right. Damn Hoyt. Yeah. Hoyt's killing it out there. All right, Hoyt. <laughs> <laughs> give me a, and he also give me wrote a the frame song, poster of Hoyt. <laughs> he, he also wrote the song The Pusher, made famous by Steppenwolf in yeah. the movie Easy Rider. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Hoyt became an actor. Okay. And he is in a movie that all of us know, and we definitively know him in this movie. Uh-oh. All right. He's the dad in Gremlins. What? The inventor. Okay. That buys the, that of the buys smokeless gizmo. ashtray. Yeah. That's, That's Hoyt. Hoyt? <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I haven't seen Gremlins in a while, but you guys obviously have. He, he almost looks like a shaved Santa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. um, he's got a very soothing voice, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's like a he's like a jollier version of Kevin's dad from yeah. the Wonder Days. Yeah, he narrates yeah, the movie. Years. Twenty years. He, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He yeah. ends and he starts and begins the movie with a with a narration. How about well, that? Yeah. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Man, yeah. Melanie's taking us down lots of roads here. <laughs> but these are the best episodes. I don't yeah. Oh, so here's another badass thing about Melanie real quick. Because she made a shit ton of money on Brand New Key mm-hmm. because she was signed to Columbia Records. But she left Columbia Records because they were insisting that she release albums on demand, not when she was ready to write a song. So she left that label. She started a label with her husband, and Brand New Key was one of the first songs they put oh, out on their own label. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so she had her biggest hit when she went solo on her own, wow. producing and writing for herself so and releasing cool. as herself. Good for them. It's really cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, whenever uh, we were talking about the fast, uh-huh. I, wanted, I wanted to mention that the McDonald's was what inspired her to write the, the song. Oh. She was she was eating, she was a vegetarian before that, before uh-huh. the fast, and then she was doing like transition foods like carrots and stuff like that <laughs> to get back on the food, and then all of a sudden she just had this craving to get a whole bunch of McDonald's, and she got like the works, like a big burger uh-huh. and stuff like that, and started noshing into it, and then this song popped into her head, according to her. 
So, wow. so she was rewarded for giving up vegetarianism, essentially, <laughs> Damn. By, by her muse, by, by the muse of Chris, processed meat. Chris, we got to get you a burger quick and punchline <laughs> will have a number one hit. <laughs> no, I think what's interesting to me, what's interesting to me, I don't know if you guys are like me, but I, I just need to, when I wake up, I need to eat. I need to be eating like... I'm always eating. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I said about Chris. He always be eating. Oh, no. ask, <laughs> ask anybody that knows me. I'm always eating. And I'm, I'm, that's I'm, why I call you Abe. Yeah. Always be eating. <laughs> always be eating. I'm in there. I, I still, I think it's been five years now that I, I've been doing mostly the intermittent fasting. Every oh. once in a while I'll eat, but it's like, on unless I'm like working a convention or like doing something like this, hanging out at your house, I usually, I will start eating at 11 a.m. And by 7, I'm done. I won't well, touch food after 7. Uh, that le- will not be the case tonight, by the way. I'm yeah, starving. Yeah, yeah. Late, <laughs> late, late night, I don't do too much. Early morning, the second I get up, I want to eat. But I don't think I've ever gone two days without eating in my life. I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, unless you have like a horrible flu yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That's, yeah, extenuating circumstances. Just eating crackers or mm-hmm. drinking or something. But but yeah, I don't think I've ever done it. And you know, when I hit like eight hours without eating or something, I start feeling weak. I start getting hangry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Pangs, yeah. I feel like sometimes I get shaky. I guess maybe you got to push through that and eventually... That's what I've heard. I'm also... I've never gone that long, like maybe 24 hours yeah. at the most, right. maybe. But I've I've heard that you, you get to a certain point after a few days where it's not as painful and uh-huh. you're a little bit more used to it. But I would never want to experience that. But but I wonder if it if something like, look at this example, or you your body might tap into things that or you might get certain energy boosts or inspiration or your brain chemistry might change that you could be inspired to write something different like i don't know man it's just interesting to yeah, me yeah cuz we're we're very we walk a very fragile line of you know we we have all these things we think are important mm-hmm. but really we're just freaking Big food. bags of water and chemicals. Yes, if food, food and, and what we eat could could affect how we feel or what we think or uh-huh. you know the yeah. things we. It's the most common sense thing that we never think about. We're just thinking about all these other things that aren't as important. Yeah, uh, but what it, you? Yeah, it's weird to think about that in 1971. If she didn't need a cheeseburger, mm-hmm. this song wouldn't exist. Right. Yes, <laughs> and, and I'm not like a big McDonald's guy or whatever. But could you imagine how good McDonald's would taste if you hadn't eaten in 27 days? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I so. Oh man, I couldn't even imagine. Have well, you even, I mean, so buttery and tasty. I bet it would literally be the equivalent of like, I go, you know, I go on like a morning walk every every morning, unless it's like raining or whatever. And in the summer, it's fucking hot, and I don't bring anything with me. So Except I feel the like cheeseburger. No, I was gonna say I feel like it's like that first sip of water after you've been like out mm. and it's hot, mm-hmm. and it's like it could be just room temperature tap water but it feels mm-hmm. unbelievable when you're like yes. this is exactly what i need right now yeah i don't even like water that much but yeah after some football practice when i was younger water was the best thing ever man mm-hmm. that's it's so funny how it changes like that yeah melanie wow this is all very interesting stuff about melanie and apparently she's still making she's still kicking she's making still- music so we should have i i wish i knew this at the time we should have pulled up 
that Miley Cyrus backyard sessions because not only did she cover three Melanie songs, Melanie joined her to cover those three songs. It oh. was in 2015. I gotta oh, check wow. that out. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't. You don't even have to go over how many movies and TV shows yeah, it's I been mean, in too. So I mean, much you're, stuff. you're gonna you're gonna hear it for everybody's gonna hear it at some point forever. I'm I'm really surprised that it was the first time I heard it in this. Jersey, I was so surprised. We had PJ on for Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. Mm -hmm. PJ had never heard the song before Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> how is that possible? <laughs> right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that is possible. How, how did he miss it for that long? I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a bar jukebox yeah. mainstay, man. It, yeah, it feels like just a song that's just there in <laughs> in the uh, but hey some people miss songs matt kelly didn't know jane child don't want to fall in love no. don't want to fall in love great Ooh, in yeah. my in my defense of that song's peak i was four and a half years old. <laughs> fair enough all right fair enough uh but uh pj had a lot of time to hear brandy well, before you know, I, 2013 yeah. <laughs> yeah um i never knew um what's uh candy rain Bef oh, before neither did Matt. Yeah, yeah. I never knew Candy Rain before a, f a few years. I'm sure ago. we've all missed some songs, but yeah. doing this podcast, we're we're uh, we're learning them all. I don't know that there's any songs that that I've. Uh, well, I guess that you didn't that seem one. to know the Peppermint Incense song that we were doing. Uh, I <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I know that one. But, uh, <laughs> Melanie, Thunder or Blunder is the question. I think she's a badass. When I when I read that thing about her being the only artist that was like, fuck the rules saying we're not allowed to play, <laughs> and she built her own stage to perform, I was like, that's that's the most punk rock shit I've heard in 1972. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she's she's pretty badass. Yeah. I, I'd definitely give it Thunder. I love that song. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. And I think that other song that peaked at number six was good. Mm -hmm. When we hit play on that, I was like, this song rules. It was really of the time. Yeah. That song was a lot more of the time. This one, I think... Is almost uh, timeless, and I think it's timeless because it feels not because it feels current, but that it feels like it could have been written in any decade and it would have worked in some way. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's the even though maybe Melanie would be upset that we're calling her a one hit wonder because she did technically have two. I don't think that song's as remembered yeah. uh, by the uh, public at large, <laughs> i.e., us. Yes. Three guys sitting here talking about it. <laughs> Us three, the general yeah, we, public. The general public of <laughs> this living room. Are we general public now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, LTD. We can we can get registered as so. Yeah. Form uh, an LLC. Yeah. If if. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that brand new key. We it's we can call her a one hit. We call her one hit wonder for the sake of the show. But I think that she brings the thunder. It is in no way a blunder. There's not a damn thing I saw about Melanie that would ever make me think that it was a blunder mm -mm. and it will forever make me think of naked Heather Graham. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this has been one hit thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Vefalius of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Roller Coaster Smoke off the Punchline album Delightfully Pleased. Be sure to check out punchlion.com for any upcoming news of the band. Our podcast is on Patreon now. Find us at patreon.com backslash OHTpodcast for early access to episodes, bonus conversations, and a chance to vote on future songs for us to cover. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. 
and tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. listening to the Geekscape Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like chocolate. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.